Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. My name is Erin McGathy. I'm your host. This is the first episode of 2017, and I am so pleased that you have joined me for this specific episode because I think it is especially good. Today on the podcast, I have comedian, podcast host, TV writer, pin baron, art gallery owner, rapper, and author of Kanye West Owes Me $300, Mr. Jensen Carp. I first met Jensen at a screening at my house for The Bachelor. Uh, if you don't know what The Bachelor is, it's it's a very intellectual reality show, which allows the viewer to discuss human behavior in a safe place. Um, so check that out. Check out The Bachelor, and that's that's how I got to know him. But when I but when I met him, I did not realize that I actually knew who he was already because when I was a teenager, I. Uh, was familiar with him as the white rapper Hot Carl with a K. And um, I did not make the the connection until uh, kind of recently. He's he's lived 30 lives. And, and this book that he's written, Kanye West Owes Me $300, is a memoir of, of all of these different lives that he's led. And he's he's fascinating because over the the short time that I've known him he'll like and listening to his podcast he'll drop just random 90s names and stories and then we'll just skip past them really quickly because he doesn't you know he doesn't want to name drop but he'll say like randomly that he made grilled cheese for Johnny Knoxville or he'll mention crocheting with Christina Aguilera those aren't real examples but the real examples are pretty close to that so I was I was really excited when I um, was able to get him on the podcast to talk about his book, which I really enjoyed. It's a fascinating read. And not only is it fascinating from like a gossipy standpoint, it's also interesting from a, the a creativity standpoint, because it's about a creative person getting a lot of success very young and then having to kind of start over again and what that's like and what it's like to see your peers um, succeed and all, all of those things. So I was really excited to have him on the podcast. We had a r- really interesting conversation that runs the gamut from uh, talking about creativity and Judaism and relationships uh, at the time of this podcast recording, which was um, this past summer before I went on tour with This Feels Terrible. Uh, he had he was recently broken up with uh, his girlfriend. And um, I, you know, clearly I just went through or not clearly if you're a new listener, I went through a divorce last year. And so we kind of talk about that. And uh, yeah, we talk about a lot of things. And this this episode is unedited. 
uh, except for a very small section where we talked about um, The Bachelor a bit. I just kind of cut that out because it's a little too um, about The Bachelor. And this is not a Bachelor podcast specifically, um, though I would love to host a side podcast about The Bachelor. And uh, when I was listening back to the podcast today, I cringed a few times at at myself, um, but I just left it all in. It all, you know, I recorded this this last summer, but all of these things remo- remain um, emotionally true. And, um, you know, I didn't cut out any moments where I, I get super honest, maybe more honest than uh, than I than I would be if I if I wasn't thinking about if I was thinking more about being recorded. I don't know why I'm explaining this. This is a podcast where I, where I get very personal. So I don't know why suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm leaving everything in, uh, which I usually do anyway. Anyway, why am I explaining this? Maybe I just want you to like this episode of the podcast more. I don't know. Anyway, please enjoy this podcast with Mr. Jensen Carp, and uh, stay tuned after the podcast for some more stuff. Here we go. Will you talk into your microphone? Check one, check two. This is the level in which I will talk in a more emotional podcast, not one where I'm yelling or trying to be funny all the time. What podcast are you yelling? Oh, like your your other podcast? No, like how did this get made? I feel like I yelled a lot. (laughs) Oh, I haven't heard you on that Yeah, it's like I just did it and I feel like in a good way, but it's just like... Did you do a live one or an No, like a normal one. Oh. But I feel like my voice is somewhere between Pee Wee Herman and Kermit the Frog, right? (laughs) Somewhere right in the middle of those two. So when I talk a little higher, it's just like, oh man, like calm it down. You know, but most of my comedy is yelling. Your your voice does sound like Kermit the See, Frog, but I like in a really flattering way. Miss Piggy, that that actually, that's such a such a relaxing, likable maybe quality. Well, I don't know. better than Pee Wee Herman. Yes, I don't I don't think you sound like Pee Wee Herman. Thank you. So this is this is really thrilling for me because I've never interviewed an author about their book that like just came out. Yeah, I know. So more people, a couple of people, have told me that as we started podcast, which makes me, which makes me wonder what those other people are doing. Why aren't they doing podcasts? Yeah, why aren't authors doing? Podcasts? I'm on a tour de force. You are. I've done like seventy in three months. Do you think that has anything to do with just going through a big breakup? No, no. I was like, what did the podcast? And did you plan the breakup right before for the, the release? Yeah, I was like, book. oh, wouldn't it be great if I was just single when the book came out? Gonna get that book tour, oh, pussy. God, all that crazy Barnes and Noble pussy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I, I think, um, no, I like as far as like going out there and pushing the book, I, I feel like I've been dating the book for months now. Sure. And I, and I asked that, I was very glib when I asked that question. I know well, that, thank you. Course. What if I thought you were serious? You're like, just trying to tour the world, man. <laughs> Sell your weird rap book. You uh, know, that happens to me a lot on this podcast. Really? Where, yeah. Like I'll listen back to thing. This isn't, this isn't a perfect, perfect example of that. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll, I'll say things that are just dry and I, in my head, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but person. then someone will, will answer and then I can't be like, I was kidding. Cause no, then they, they answer sincerely. And then I listen back to the podcast and I'm like, what a, what a bitch. Why would, no, but no, that's I would joke. never think that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I guess it was about the same time. Yeah. Cause I do remember the acknowledgements page. <laughs> was due was due like I guess a couple months before the book came out and yeah. I remember being like well I really want to thank her like that yeah. was a common thing I want to thank Melissa in it because she helped and was a peer edit and she mm-hmm. took the author photo and all these things and so I just put it there but it was like lower than it would have been if we were dating 
Mm. It's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Like I would have put her up higher with family had right. we been dating, but we were no longer dating. I was like, all right, you'll go down here. <laughs> seems like a weird, it's not a punishment. Just seems like a weird, Sure. seems like a weird thing. Yeah. No, it, it is weird. Those things. It's like, like when you're asked for your emergency contact <laughs> and then you're, you're made to reckon with your current relationship yeah. and you're like, Oh, are they, are they emergency level? Is that? Yeah. So I, I'm, so I'm thrilled Thank and you. I feel, so I know you've be been here. doing a lot of podcasts, but I feel I'm going to just, I'm going to pretend in my mind, like I am, I am the only podcast you chose to talk no, about. But your... not even that. It is the only podcast from like an emotional standpoint. I don't think that oh. I did anything else that talks about real life issue. Oh, Alison Rosen I did, but that was like very broad. It was like about mm. each of my jobs and blah, blah, blah. But as a fan of your show and I've listened many times, I feel like this would be Thank more you. personal. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I, I've always been. We've, we've hung out a few times, mm-hmm. but I've always, always been very like fascinated with you as a person because you are. Would have been funny if you just stopped there. <laughs> very fascinating. I've always been. I just moved on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a person, what a dumb, what a dumb thing to say, but no, nice. you, uh, you're so, you're so tenacious and. Thank you. I knew, I knew about this, this past life that you had. Yes. But I, and I had heard stories. And that must have been how the book deal came about, right? Because people were like, mm, you should really yeah, write much, about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, because I'd hid from it for over a decade to a point where like, mm. I removed videos from YouTube. Really? Like, yeah, like I did nothing for it for a long time. Like and when I'd end up in like comedy rooms or whatever, if someone called me Carl, I'd see it as like condescending mm-hmm. or like I just, and if someone in the streets would come up and be like, oh, I was a big fan. I, my actual instinct was to say, this is for reals. My <laughs> head was, how can you like a failure? Which is mm. really how I feel, which is like, how yeah. can you like something that didn't blow up? But the weird thing is in my life, that's all I liked. I never liked the biggest group. So I didn't really put that together for right. myself. Um, and then to sort of face it in a book form has been really extremely therapeutic. Yeah. Like, and this, crazy. this all the, the stories that you describe in this book all took, all happened when you were like 19 to 20. Two, yeah, it starts when basically. I was like, in, oh, I was twelve. Is really when the when the boom starts for the book. Like as far as me rapping, and um, I had like a false start in the business when I was like twelve years old. I was uh, <laughs> signed to Ice T's sort of management company, Rhyme Syndicate, and it didn't work out. And so I just went back to being a normal high schooler. And then in college is when I entered like a radio contest, and then that's how I got this like million dollar Interscope deal to be a rapper. And, yeah. I, and if people don't know what I look like, I am like I'm like the coolest rabbi. Like I look, I like I like if like if you're a rabbi. I had a like had like if your temple had a rabbi that like played basketball with you yeah and also was like have you guys heard the new future record that's you look me like you look like uh like the young hot uh, uh jewish summer camp rabbi i will take that yeah yeah i look like if jj abrams like fucked a bagel <laughs> 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 I, i'm like i get it like i have a certain look like that was the crazy part about like like dating apps like mm-hmm. I was on that secret one that everyone's on, like the, yeah, the like yeah. celebrity one, uh, where there's like people, like yeah, there's like Natalie and Bruglia on it. Oh uh, my god, which was so amazing. Yeah, uh, but like I realized, like I have a certain you have to like like you have to have like sort of masturbated to Zach Braff, like once, <laughs> like once, like that you just one time you had to have thought a sexual thought about Zach Braff and then we're yeah. fine. Yeah, there's there's like a tinge of false modesty to this because it's because that is such a type, but not okay. It it's is a great type now. Type. Okay, I get understand that it's a bit humble braggy because it's a thing that people like now. Mm-hmm. But there was a long time where like my nerd wasn't cool. 
<laughs> like that, I'm very lucky that like hip hop nerd slash comedy nerd slash whatever nerd is right. in. But I easily could have been Dungeons and Dragons nerd, which truly isn't really a, a like a, no right. one's really going to that as much. So mm-hmm. like there is a sort of I got lucky with what category that nerd is. But you do have to like us. You can't like the club promoter, photographer, like, oh, you know, like it's a different look. And I'm fine yeah. with, I'm like, if you like that, you're not going to like me. Yeah. I, yeah. when I, when I was a kid, I was so, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I was so obsessed with Jewish culture <laughs> that that was my entire thing. But Did you go to not, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs? Uh, I performed at bat mitzvahs. I performed at a few comedy themed bat mitzvahs. Doing what? Doing improv. Wow. Yeah, where this when it, not a few, literally two in Los Angeles, where uh, family like the the girl had asked for a comedy mm-hmm. bet mitzvah, the Rosensteins, at, yeah, yeah, the Rosensteins, uh, Rachel or Sarah, sure, or yeah, Chloe. Th- those are the only two. Names. Yes, yeah. oh god, so many Chloes, so many, so many. Uh, and then and then what their parents ended up getting was an improv group, but what they were they were like, no, we like Chris Rock. So it was a ter- it was a terrible thing because mm. everyone there was like who are these people we thought we were going to a comedy bat mitzvah not whatever so this you would is. have like so you would go up and do like a like a like a scene short form holy shit improv holy shit about <laughs> judaism uh some of the did stuff, you guys have yeah. beats that were clearly like and the rosenstein's parents like you had beats <laughs> that you knew you wanted to hit we had like when i when i did a lot of when i when i worked at i worked at two different short form improv companies and like there were we would do remote shows and they were like go to References, okay. not like written jokes, but yeah, just you, like you knew you needed to hit, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes, like if you travel with the same people, like you would come up with a reference that would get a big laugh, and then two yeah. shows later they would say it, and you'd be like, mm, no, no, "All no, right, no. Milo, <laughs> yeah. all, all right. right." Did you ever have to be like in all these goyim in here? Did you have to like break out? <laughs> like, did you have to learn some of the words? No. Well, I actually because I. Like I'm not kidding when I when I say I was a Jew file. I is that is that that sounds I mean, bad. No, it'll it work. You're not, if you were just like, and I was an anti semite, that would be more of a problem. <laughs> I think I mean, Jew files fine. It's really very complicated because yeah. I really hated them, so it was fascinating. <laughs> with how I wanted to them all dead. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was so obsessed. But yeah, I, I I became I think I got really into Jewish culture because my dad was a Christian pastor and his he like with it, he was a chaplain and his. He was friends with all the other religious people on yeah. bases, and the rabbis were always the coolest. Well, and he, like, I mean, Christianity is so tied into Judaism right now that it's like this crazy thing where, like, basically, uh, it, it, Christianity is is in is like basically hoping that Judaism protects the Holy Land. So mm. it's become one big, like, right. kind of like like clusterfuck because, like, the, yeah. the like even like the way it's happening is they're they're hoping a lot of Jews convert just because that's. You know, really? that's kind of who they need in in Israel. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I, I was offered a job to convert Jews. <laughs> <laughs> no, to there was this company that was trying to compete with Birthright. That sure. Doesn't, which I still don't understand that business yeah. plan. So, and Birthright is like we want to free... give more free trips out. <laughs> we, they give forty five a year. We want to give out seventy five. <laughs> no, but well, we they, lose they were money. a paid Birthright. Oh, that was the that was the scheme. Yeah, was that the you can get uh, it for free or you can pay us? Yeah, like we're going to. So Birthright, Birthright is exactly what it sounds like. If yeah. you're Jewish under the age of thirty, yeah, it's really old. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It should be twelve, but for some reason they do it till you're thirty. I actually applied. Good for you. Yeah. So now? I had no right to. No, when I oh. was like 
28 and then I withdrew my application because I was like, no, Aaron, you're not actually Jewish. Yeah, but I read you. through all the things and they're like, if you're passionate about Judaism. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> no. It's also where a lot of people have sex for the first time. I know. Well, same with summer camps. Yeah. Like there's this whole culture of like Jewish, like, look, we're going to let you guys yeah. just like have it's like your a time. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I think it makes so much sense. I did day camp. And that's where everything happened. Um, but I didn't go to night. I think my mom had me in a bubble. Yeah, happens. that's where my whole shit happened. It, it makes so much sense to me. Whereas I, I grew up so Christian and everything was just like, don't yeah. do anything and you're a bad person. And uh, yeah, it was terrible. Um, but it wasn't that terrible. Why am I saying that? No, I do. It was terrible. <laughs> I wish I was Jewish. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I got offered a job leading a birthright trip. And okay. I was like, that is not appropriate. So you were going to be like the, the chaperone. Yes. That would have been dope. Yeah. I, yeah. Looking Queen back Jew. at Billy. Queen Jew. You would have killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Queen Jew. I did a signing last night in San Diego for the book and it was put together Which by is where a, I grew up. a temple. I worked oh, at yeah. the Jewish community center there. That's who put it together. Really? That in building is humongous. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. who did my signing. I did their, th- I was in charge of their theater program for That's years. so funny. What a yeah. humongous building. Yeah. Like the biggest Jewish community center I've ever seen. And did you see their theater? Did you do it in their theater? No, we did it at the Barnes & Noble near down the street. Right. But um, they drove me through the thing and I was like, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very, very specific podcast about the temple. Uh, but it is a very big temple. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm ta- I, I always feel like such a creep. No, I, it's like, good. Appropriating your culture. Please. I just want to be a part You're of it. You're the Timberlake to our black culture. Congrats. <laughs> we allow I will, it. I will just end with that. I, uh, when I was a camp counselor, uh, they very reluctantly let me lead a Shabbat huh. with, oh, that's what I was going to say. Cause I worked at that camp. Yeah. So I knew, so we knew how to sing prayers. And so sure. like, that was always my like, all you right, were, you were like soul man. You were like just <laughs> engulfing into our, into our culture. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I got them to let me lead the kids in, uh, Sabbath prayer. Amazing. And you knew it all? Yeah, well, and I passed out the papers and yeah, everything because I, I was obsessed with Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, this is where it all starts. Whole... Yeah. That's where it all would starts. It be, would it be super inappropriate for me to just have a spinoff podcast that was me interviewing Jews? <laughs> Great. <laughs> and like, what is? I could probably come up with a title for it by the time I leave. Oh, I'll think about it. I'm pretty good at like punny podcast mm. titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the Jew of us. Oh, or just the Jew of us. Do I? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'll think of something. La, I'll get it going. Hi, Mefem. Oh, yeah. Now you're getting deep. <laughs> then people will really anti-Semites will be like, this makes sense. Like, now I, I know why I hate them. This podcast oh, no. is purely just <laughs> what, what a terrible trajectory for my loving podcast. <laughs> All right. We, 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 like, really, this we really put example. it in the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how has this how has this book tour been? And what is it like? And I have a million questions. And yes. I'm a terrible interviewer. So no, I'm going to ask you a bunch. I'm a fan. What is your, so you, you wrote this book uh, that's, that's obviously super autobiographical about yes. what you've just called like the, uh, something you were embarrassed by for so for long. For a long time, yeah. And now you're going on a book tour yeah. and talking about the book tour. When you're talking about this book, does it feel like you're selling that experience or does it even feel like selling? Or what is, what is that experience um, like going on? On, on tour. Well, I, I'm, I, the truth is, is that I've done a lot of therapy and that sounds like a joke, but it is not a joke. I've done easily 15 <laughs> but this years. This is just the Jew of us. Yeah. And <laughs> please, as, obviously, as you know, it would be, <laughs> obviously, we've you know. gone to a lot of therapy. Uh, we're called Le, uh, Corey Lachaim. So based on <laughs> Judaism and Corey Haim films. Uh, okay. So I, it really is more of a tour of my therapy, which I know sounds mm. crazy, but I am so proud of 
and in, and, and in a self congratulatory congratulatory way, I'm proud of where I've gone. And, yeah. and it's taken so much work and so much sadness to get through. And I guess if you, you know, the book has a clickbaity title, which I'm stoked on. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, is that it's like a really emotional tale for me. It's like this mm-hmm. hard thing I went through. And it, it when you're 19 and you're told like, we're giving you a million dollars and you're gonna be on TRL and you're gonna have a song yeah. with Timbaland and then none of that shit happens and it just kind of falls wayside. It hurts when you're 19 or 20. At 36, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's a business, whatever, moving on. Mm-hmm. At that time, that's not how I felt. And so the book is not like a bunch of winky shit. It's not me being like, isn't it funny I was Jewish and rapping? Like, I didn't think that was funny because I was fucking fire. Like, I was really good. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the book is, is that it's an earnest look at this time of my life when I tried my hardest to succeed as a, as a rapper. And I think the tour has been me cleansing myself of that shame or cleansing myself of that embarrassment mm. and, and and hopefully connecting to other people in saying, you know, if you hit a creative dead end, you can still make a U-turn, like allowing people to understand that there is another way right. to, to dust yourself off and move on. Yeah. And it happened in every way in relationships and in, you know, your relationships with your parents. And I had a father die, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book. And like, the, the, it's all really that. Quick, it does sound like you had multiple how many fathers did you have? I had one. Okay. Did I say I had fathers die? <laughs> no, you said you had a father die. Uh, and sorry to make like... <laughs> no. <laughs> but, <laughs> Very but good immediate... joke, Eric. Very good joke. Uh, <laughs> but as you're talking, I just imagined like you with a bunch of men and one of them just It was me, as, Paul like, Reiser, <laughs> and uh, Greg Evigan. It was all three. Right, it was us three hanging out. Um, no. Uh, and, and yeah, and I just went through like a bunch of shit. And so uh, this is sort of my allowing myself to kind of be an adult. And it just took me longer yeah. than other people. But... I've really brushed myself off and, and I, I, this, I know this is such like a, a large statement, but this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I'm, I'm 36, which is a cool feeling, Yeah, but it's, no, a, it's that a makes, late start a little. Yeah. I don't know. That makes, that makes so much more sense to be the happiest you've ever been in the oldest that you've ever been, which is, is it though? I think so. I think but the I most think depressing thing in the entire world is to say that you were the happiest when you were 15. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, that's so sad. But that I do means think, but aren't, wouldn't we be in the minority? I don't think we're the majority to feel that way. I don't think, I, I agree with you, but I, I think that it's so much better to be happiest as an accumulation of all your experiences as yeah. opposed to an absence of experiences. Like, the idea that, I mean, I maybe this is just what I have to tell myself to be <laughs> okay, but every time something bad happens, quote unquote bad, like the growth from that. I mean, our scars are just like, but but, like I do that voice joke. Like I do that joke voice too. Like I am like a king of it. Like I'm like, I feel so much better. Like I do all that too, but I, I feel like such a cornball because I'm really there. Like I'm really like, I'm, I'm, I'm five minutes away from a hashtag blessed post. (laughs) I Uh, saw your, I saw your tweet and I saw Melissa's response and I heard you guys talking about it on a podcast. podcast. Yeah. Which was a real thing. We had not talked (laughs) about it. So, so you, you tweeted, um, I'm the happiest I've ever been. So if you you come here just for jokes, then I said, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Please unfollow me. If you think every tweet should be a joke because I wanted in my growth, I wanted to announce that I was feeling good, which is something right. I normally would never do because I'm embarrassed by being happy mm-hmm. because I'm Jewish and because I was, <laughs> and I was raised by a depressive and you're father. creative. Right. And I'm creative. Yeah. Right. And so I, I was challenging myself to show that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That was really what I did. And I guess it would be... I guess it would have been cooler if I just wrote that and didn't write a joke at the end. But I did think, okay, people are going to unfollow me because it's a sincere tweet. And I've never really done that mm. ever really. And so <laughs> that's why I said the second part. And so 
my ex-girlfriend wrote back, is it because we broke up in a joking Which way? Hilarious. Very funny. Uh, <laughs> because I also reading that knowing it's like having followed your story and yeah. because I'm also in this place where I just went through a big yes. breakup that so, and, and we don't know how to navigate the whole Twitter thing. When I first saw your tweet, I was like, Oh no. You <laughs> like, thought it was about her. I thought I, so, didn't, I, mean, I actually did not think it was about her. It's so funny. Cause I didn't, it didn't cross my mind that it would be played that way. Yeah. No, I thought it was what it actually was. Right. But it's still, when I saw it, the first thing I thought was, oh, I'm 100% sure that Jensen doesn't mean this as a thing no. towards Melissa, obviously. Yeah. And that we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because my thing, because I, I, I didn't write back and I was like, well, I'll talk to her later in public. Well, and then I saw that you did. Right? <laughs> it yeah. Was like a thing. I was like, but I saw that I was like, I, it was interesting because I was like, I would totally, I would totally think that this was about me if it was my ex. In fact, For I've sure. been like bracing myself. Yeah. Well, I don't look at, text. I don't look at like, we, I, I don't so want to kill smart. myself eventually. So I don't look at any ex <laughs> across the board. I don't look at anyone I've ever dated social media. Really? Do you do that? I, I've discovered this. It's emotional cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I may as well be pulling my literal hair <laughs> out. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, yeah, I do it. I do it when I'm feeling really bad, but I find that like, I, I'd like to get out of this pattern, but my pattern's been that the previous person that the last person that I ended a relationship with, I find myself uh, in low moments checking all their stuff. But then the second there's another relationship, then that last one. Oh, then that takes out. That goes. Yeah. Like my ex-boyfriend before Dan, up until like the very end, I was (laughs) like, like I would, I would get drunk and well, sometimes I would, I would wake up in the morning. I would see that I had searched him or his ex-girlfriend. I was like, why, why? But now I don't care at all. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've again, part of the 15 years of therapy tour. Uh, (laughs) I, I can't, I don't, I knew that just just being mean. Yeah, it's also like you're forming. I, I ha, I've been doing it less, especially when I think about the fact that like when you and you tend to do that before you go to bed or yeah. when you wake up, and especially before you go to bed, that's why your brain like then works all night to like form new like yeah. pathways. Like, oh, okay, yeah. clearly we want to remember uh, what what Variety said about Dan's new projects, and <laughs> right. that's, that's very important. But it's not fair. No, and especially I suffer from something called obsessive thoughts disorder, which I talk about in the book a bit, Mm. which is the same thing as OCD, except Mm -hmm. instead of like washing my hands all day, I have to think about one thing all day or two things or three things. And in order to like control and and love myself, which is something that I took a long time to get to, like, there's no, there's no reason to hurt myself. There's, I, I hit a point where it's like, uh, why not give myself the best possible scenario and be able to still be loving and caring? Yeah. But, but give it just as much to myself. And that's what totally. I think my sort of, that's what's making me so happy. And, and dating yeah. and dating moving forward has been like much more connected and, and like I, there's really nothing else that can like bring me down in that way. So I feel, uh, much more, um, in tune with that. And mm-hmm. I'm a more loving person because of it. Cause that's like, good. if you don't love yourself, like if you're, if you're trying to, yeah. if you're trying to damage yourself by looking at that stuff, no, I'm not talking to you, but I'm looking, no, at no, <laughs> I'm looking directly at you, but I'm saying like in general, no, but that's exactly what that, yeah. what that is. That's not fair. No. Well, I feel the, the key for me recently has been, um, forgiveness and like forgiving myself and which is so again, I want to do that. I want to do that voice, but yeah. like the sometimes, like I think in those low moments when I'm 
checking for stuff. Like I know I have residual anger yeah, and I, instead of like right now I'm working on letting go of that anger and forgiving things and realizing that it's not my job to enact justice, No, <laughs> you know, and, and like, it's way, never going to happen. Right. Exactly. No, it no, it won't. And it doesn't matter. And I'm thinking about past relationships when I was like, Oh, like, but, but I, I was great. Like I went in like the, this, this social court for everyone to say like, you're the best Aaron. Like you yeah. tried so hard. Everyone, she tried so hard. Yeah, They're not going to throw a parade for you. No, no, it's a, it's a, and that also goes back to something that I'm really not doing now, which I, I've done my entire life is like putting other people's needs before my own. And then afterwards being like, well, but I, but I did all that. But you're, I mean, but again, it's I'm my not looking at fault. you. I'm not no, looking but it's at codependent. You. No, look it's right at fault. me. Look, it, of course. And, and I've yeah. been there more yeah. times than I haven't been there. Yeah. Like I've, that's what I've done more than I haven't. So I, what, what I feel comfortable with now is bringing who I am to the table mm-hmm. and not, and not, and also picking the, the people that don't have these broken situations, which is uh, probably a common thing for, for you yeah, as well, yeah, which is like, like you're for, looking yeah. for someone in order to be, to have that dichotomy. Um, and like, to me, it's, it's, it's easier to just say, uh, I love myself a lot. I, I'm pretty confident in who I am. I feel mm-hmm. good. And, and I would love to bring you along for that ride. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it, it's not a pattern for me and it sounds like not a pattern for you, but it's, right. it's worth changing. Cause, um, yeah. Like, why would you, you know, why, why would you try that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely with my last relationship, like leaving that relationship is so difficult and 100% like the hardest thing I've ever done ever. And because that was just the, yeah, I have, I have my phone on somewhere in the room apparently, or maybe it's, maybe it's Kate's uh, iPad. Anyway, um, because making that choice was so hard and literally no one was, saying like, Hey, you really should do this because I was keeping so much stuff secret Yeah, that like and putting, you're, gr- you're grown and I am grown, yeah. <laughs> but putting, putting my own, putting my needs first in that way. And like realizing what wasn't healthy has, has really like set, set like a, the ball rolling for all my decisions being that way. Great. I but think. now you mean the healthier decisions? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Which and is, by the way, I could do that voice all day. They're like, ah, and we're doing it. We have crystals. <laughs> like, I just, I, this is who I am. Like, and I feel like, like even in comedy or whatever, like I write dumb stuff and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm on shows or award shows and dumb shit, but like at my core, I am more this book than anything else, which mm-hmm. is like, I'm very much into self growth and, and I've felt better accepting it and yeah. still being like, you know, as dumb as I could be with jokes, but earnest about these things. Cause it's helped me totally. so fucking much. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you, when you were going through like the, the thick of everything that was happening, sure. how did, do you remember like what, what your attitude was towards celebrity? I always kind of felt like a passing visitor, mm. but when you're 19 or 20, it, you accept that, you know, that, you know, Christina Aguilera. Right. Like, it's a weird thing that I would never do now at 36. I'm like, who fucking cares? I'll say hello to her or whatever. But like, you, when you're a kid. (laughs) That's well, well, no, I know, I know. But that's, I mean, that's kind of the, I was thinking about this earlier with, with you. I was just thinking about how you, you're, you're very, like the way that you talk about celebrity and the way that you talk about people that you've known and you have all these, like so many, so many super famous people have been part of these, these very, journeys, yeah. yeah, super loaded situations for you. Yeah. And then hearing 
but then hearing you talk about celebrities like out, outside of the context of yourself, it's a funny thing because it sounds like it sounds like such a throwaway, but it sounds. I don't know. It sounds almost like a defensive throwaway. Like a, it's not. It's no, real. no, no, no. Yeah. I, oh, I know it's I real. I wish it was defensive. No, I don't mean defensive in that way. I just mean like you're embarrassed. Do you think it's like- defensive? <laughs> all mad and angry. Uh, <laughs> I just mean like it seems like you're almost uh, embarrassed by it I am. in a way. Yeah. No, I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which no, I think I- is so interesting. But I wonder, I wonder like, what, what do you, like, do you feel like, you know, celebrity versus uh, artistry? Like, do you feel differently about that then and now, like, I'm sp- thinking specifically about, like, I've read, um, I haven't been able to read the entire book, but I've read certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. And like, one of like the, the, the part of it that was the most, um, I mean, well, I have a lot, I mean, I have, I have post-its. Ooh. <laughs> um, but the, I mean, I mean, I remember those were the same age, roughly. And like, yeah. I remember those TRL days and that whole thing, like, all of that. Like yeah. I can smell the sun in as I'm, yeah. as I'm reading. Before all Napster, man. Be- yeah, yeah. Before anything, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such like a specific time and such like a spring break time. Yeah. And such a, like, not only celebrity, but like party celebrity. Yeah. Time. Like I wrote a song for O-Town. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I was in it. I was in the thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did he hurt you? Uh, the, oh, uh, Perlman. <laughs> yeah. He was not around. I would have, I would have loved to get raped by Lou Perlman. No, I'm kidding. I would never have liked to get raped by Lou Perlman. Uh, yeah. I mean, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I totally I mean, get like it. also being a teenager, like, like celebrity or like working as like being part of the party versus yes. now where like you work constantly and it's not like you are actually considering the actual thing that you're doing. Right. Well, I think also you have to remember that that celebrity in 1998, 1999, and 2000 is based in disposable celebrity. Like it's mm. Eminem is knocking the piss out of you on TRL and Carson Daly's introducing this. And there was a, we were all there. We were all there. And, <laughs> and I think like the, the point of that celebrity back then is absurd mm-hmm. at that time for all of us, you know, very little amount of them really went on. I mean, we, uh, Paul Shear and I did a really funny sketch over Josh for uh, Shear RL where he played Carson Daly and we had people play people. Yeah, yeah, we almost did it word for word. Oh, it was so funny. And it was amazing. That was, it, it was and like, it was like so bizarre. So like, weird. Like, and, almost like performance art. It was exactly. amazing. And mostly yeah, real. I know you did that. Yeah. Like, we didn't even change that much. That's so so like the way that the world was then, I'm still obsessed with because I was, mm. I was like part of this, you know, very low totem on it. Yeah. But well, like, and all these things were. Yeah, I was like, I was like Forrest Gump in it, right? Like things were just. I like, <laughs> I would just accidentally find myself in them, and so, um, I think now they're not really embarrassing. That's something I've worked through to be to a point now where it's more like, isn't this crazy? Which yeah. I guess could come off as hum like a humble or just a brag, but to me, it's not. To me, I'm just saying like, isn't this insane? Isn't yeah. this weird small journey that I hid for so long? Like, isn't it crazy that this happened? And I think that there's a fine line between self-effacing and being earnest. Sure. And I think yeah. that's what I try to do in the book is both say, isn't this crazy? But then also like, there were a lot of hopes and dreams in these dumb stories. Totally. And embarrassing, embarrassing is not the right word, but it's almost like, you know, you, you, the way that you talk about the 90s and celebrity is the way that someone would talk about Vietnam, maybe. <laughs> well, that's how it feels. Where like, but, but a Vietnam vet in like a gun shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, Listen where, to this. Uh, <laughs> where, you like, won't believe this. No, gun. no, the opposite of that. Oh, okay. Like, like it's gun I'm, over I'm not here. talking about this book. I'm just yeah. talking about like you day to day because yeah. like you, this book is you sharing all of these things, but it's not like you like walk around talking about this stuff, no. but, but this is your, your life. So yeah. it comes out. But I just mean like, the the analogy I'm making is like a Vietnam war vet who everyone knows went to war 
And everyone's like, oh, cool. So, like, did you use, like, this kind of rifle? And it, right. like, yeah, yeah, okay, yes. My best friend died. And I've been like, whoa. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, I guess that would be it. Yeah. But nowadays. It's such I'm, a grim. <laughs> uh, my Q and, when we do, it's true. But when we do Q&As, I try my hardest not to do that. So, like, of course, yeah. if someone asks me a question about a certain thing, I'm, I try not to. I try to actually give them the real thing. And it's been nice mm-hmm. to see people sort of react to it. Because the book is, you know, I do the gossipy stuff because I know it will it's funny and mm-hmm. I know like it gets people's attention and I know it would get me a book deal and whatever. And I like telling those stories. Yeah. But again, I feel like the real core of the book is about this sort of journey that a kid went on and, yeah. and sort of came out the other end hurt and, and, but still found a way out. Yeah, it is. And if I had to talk about how I stole Cisco, you know, porn from Cisco's <laughs> house, I will do that, which is in the book. I, I yes. And, and Cisco and Cisco is the most, um, nineties, yeah. Person of all you can't time. Can't beat that. Oh, fun, fun. Uh, this isn't a fact about Cisco, which I was about to say, but I was uh, in Ireland. There are parts of Ireland where I've been living where people don't pronounce their H's and THs. So if you were to say, um, like, how, if one, two, three, four. Oh, tree. Yeah. So three. Okay. Yeah. And I was in a bar. And like the thong, thong song, yeah. Well, the thong cut had come on. Tong to tong tong tong. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and I like I was the only American person there, and I was I was I, I had my mouth agape, just going like what? Like this That's is so it's great. Like, tong to tong tong. And I was like, guys, guys, guys. Tong to tong tong. <laughs> Did you just like what are women like? What are women's underwear like? What are they called? <laughs> they were like tongs. Tongs. Oh no. Yeah. Which is also weird because tongs mean the well, science tongs like. Like, well, <laughs> like, well, tong in Ireland is also slang for men's swim shorts. Okay. So, I mean, maybe in some places, Could be anything. it was like a like a beautiful gay ballad. I mean, not yeah. a beautiful gay ballad. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a beautiful gay ballad. Uh, um, how? So, your boyfriend you met while you're out there? Yes. And how? Yeah. And how long were you single? Do you care uh, if I ask this? You could edit it <laughs> out if you want. No, I no, I I was single for. Hmm. Like, see, three months. Yeah. I mean, I probably should have been. But what is but should I don't have? Know. What is should yeah. have mean? I mean, what is should have? I mean, I definitely. Yeah, that's the whole thing, and I and I can't believe I just said, I just said that because that's no, because just that's like, instinctually what, what we're everyone's saying. Yeah, 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 but I'm trying to stop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, time time is so relative in relationships. We've only been together for uh, like seven months mm-hmm. or so. That's not short. No, that's not short, but it still feels. And this is, I mean, I'm literally comparing my relationship to my marriage, which is not fair. But in a lot of ways, I feel like me and my ex-husband were together for four years. But in a lot of ways, I, f- in most all the ways, I feel the reason why I feel bad saying this is because I, I feel like I would be very hurt if I heard him say this. But maybe it's the same for him, which is which is fair. But I feel so much more. I feel like it's been so much longer with this person. Like we're like, but you had to go through, maybe you had to go through something to get to this more accelerated point. Yeah. I think also just like, like we communicate in the same way. Whereas like, it's becoming more and more clear that me and my ex husband had such different love languages. Sure. Do you, do you, I know very well (laughs) what you're talking about. What's your love language? Do you you have like a terms for them? Oh, well, it's a whole thing. So someone wrote this, someone wrote this book. I mean, I know the term love languages. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that there was a, I didn't know there were subgenres. It's based on a thing. Okay. Yeah. And there are different love languages like, uh, compliments, or well, it's words of encouragement, but that's compliments. <laughs> yeah, but that. Hold on. What are the other ones? <laughs> Tell me the other ones. Because touch. Okay. 
Uh, quality time. Okay. Gifts. Okay. Uh, and acts of service. Okay. As in, like, I, I made the bed for you, or I... Can they... Can, so you can have more than one of these? Or you're I mean, I think so. One? I mean, this is, this is just... I mean... I mean, God didn't write this. This was some... God didn't <laughs> return the book uh, I, because I only read books that by God. Yeah, please, clearly. That's why mine says by God on it. Um, I think I would say I probably fall into compliments. Really? Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. But I mean, I'm, that I'm, doesn't I'm not saying that makes sense to you. I'm just <laughs> what I meant to say is that's valid. But you don't need me to say that's valid. You just complimented me. I know. Congratulations. Uh, well. I think. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, I definitely, but I like consciously chose people who didn't speak my language. Mm, interesting. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Or what do you? Yeah. What do you? I think uh, intimacy. Well, my father passed, mm-hmm. and, and my father was uh, became extremely codependent. And how old are end. you? When I was twenty eight, when he died. Mm-hmm. Twenty, yeah, twenty eight. And when he died, I it sounds like subconscious, but I really was like, can I take care of someone again? Like mm-hmm. I missed taking care of him. Yeah. And so I sort of put myself in situations that were that over and over again, mm. very almost consciously. And yeah. so, and so I'm not mad at that. I think I had to do that in order to figure out what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, sort of letting go of that finally is really more yeah. of why it's like the best time of my life. Like, I feel like I like was able to see what it was and then move on. Totally. Yeah. I, I have a daily devotional called the language of letting go, which is, just a pure codependent <laughs> devotional where every, like there's basically every entry is like, you are worth just as much yeah. as everyone else. I'm there, man. Yeah. I'm proof that you can get there. Cause I didn't think I could ever, I like never felt like I could do that. And now I like, it's, it's so freeing and like, do you uh, feel what, what, do, what changed? What was there? Um, I think, it's just, it's a dumb answer, but I think like maturity, I think just mm-hmm. getting to a certain age, like I think like just feeling old enough, Yeah, it's like a dumb answer, but like just feeling old enough and liking myself enough, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of a bad word to say, I guess like, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. I just, I, you start to go like, well, I, I, why am I being mean to myself? It's like looking yeah. at social media of exes or whatever. Like, why am I doing that to myself? I don't deserve yeah. that. Yeah. And so liking yourself enough to just go oh no, I want to love for real. Like I want to like yeah. actually have something. Um, and that has felt way better. Yeah. 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 It is. We, we hear it constantly, but it is, I, I'm experiencing that same thing, which is everything falling into place once like but, but as I'm okay with myself and I like myself and I appreciate all the all the past experiences, yeah, which like this, the whole process of this book, did, yeah. this, did this book have anything to do with you making big Absolutely. life decisions? Absolutely. Yeah. Like as when far did as you start writing it? I wrote it, uh, over the last two years, it took me eight to nine months and then it takes like eight months to get the book together mm-hmm. by the company. So all the elves have to, yeah, type all, the out little all the elves, little all the little, little children uh, that have to lose arms in order to make the cover. And then <laughs> the little elves who do the typeface by just putting a needle into a page. Uh, that all takes a year. <laughs> uh, a beautiful image. Oh my God. It's so pretty. <laughs> we lose a few, but it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's all a thing, man. It's all, it's all therapeutic and, and it's, you know. Well, that was like, because you ended like your Like if you could write your story, ago. you wouldn't do this. But if you could write your story about you and your, your, your marriage and it's, and you told the truth and you weren't 
you didn't necessarily like shit on anyone, but you just told your truth mm-hmm. and then you let it go. Yeah. To see. Like that's yeah. how it feels with the book to me. It's like now it's gone. Yeah. And now I don't have you're to You're free from And now I'm free from it. And that's and that's opened up my ability to love. It's opened yeah. up my it's done everything to make me feel better. That's wonderful. Yeah. What would you like is there is there a version of that that's not writing a book? I mean it's running. <laughs> I swear. Running saved my life. Oh, I've heard you say this before. Yeah. yeah. I say it a lot. Yeah. It saved my life. Yeah. That's great. It's just, super earnest and straight. Do you want to break that down? Is that just uh, the well, endorphins of that? Or here's the thing. No, I, I, I suffer from a lot of that stuff. Uh, obsessive thoughts disorder being the top one. And uh, I took medicine. They gave me meds a mm-hmm. lot. And I took, I tried everything. I tried from Wellbutrin to Lexapro to Is that like Xanax. an anxiety is, it's, is it's it in the anxiety in. realm? All tied in, yeah. Right. Not psycho. Uh, although I had done the psycho pills as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had tried those as well. And just nothing was working. And I just could gain weight and I would get sweatier and I would just get... It, it never helped me yeah. feel better. And so um, I trusted a therapist finally. And she was just yeah. like, I think you should run. And so I run like three and a half miles a day. That's great. Trying to get that out. And, and I was sick recently. So I just started again today and I already feel better. And yeah, it does the same scientific stuff mm-hmm. as run. As, like, but not, why would you believe me? Because people, because <laughs> people used to say this when I was down or whatever. And I would like, fuck you. Like, why would I, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I get it. Like my, I've like, I, I understand completely. I had my therapist two days ago prescribed meditation and writing. Yeah. And I also, like I'll go through times of exercising more or less, but of course, like we all know, like you feel so much better. better. Like also, I mean, the way I I know this isn't true, but because I definitely have like a restless mind and I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't, I'm not totally sure what obsessive thoughts disorder. So like three, three subjects a day and you're focused on the three. Oh no, that's just, I just made those up, but, but it, it basically, like, I don't think about my dad's death a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty much fine. Like, I've worked through that. Right. But then, like, if... Not anymore, though. So, I'm saying this as a dated thing. But, like, mm-hmm. if I scratched a CD back in the day in, like, college, I would maybe think of that CD for most of the day. Right, right, right. So, like, they had no... A bigger problem is that they had no weight. So, like, mm-hmm. even though, like, I could think of something that actually should be thought about a lot. Yeah, yeah. My brain would pick a couple things and stick with them. Gotcha. Yeah. So, that's really what it was. And also, like, yeah. when I... When I was seven years old, I complained that I couldn't sleep because I was seeing my grandparents' graves. They weren't dead or anything. Mm-hmm. So that was just repeating my head. That's a problem. Yeah. So that, that's that's like washing hands or... Sure, and I thought yeah. if I didn't think of my grandparents, then they would die. It's the same thing. It's just thoughts. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I've so, struggled with OCD things. I don't yeah. know what you're and I grew out talking of it. about. Yeah, yeah. I had it as a kid too. Sleeves and, and pants, dirty pants and stuff like that would, would ruin my day. Uh, but I grew out of it. So That's good. That was nice. My, my OCD... Not that I was a dirty kid, but my OCD was never like a cleansli- cleanliness thing. No, it was, yeah. It was always like tapping, counting. Counting. That's very, yeah. yeah. I counted a little, but not... It, luckily, that was not what stuck with me. Yeah. yeah. But I still don't like getting dirty. But it, when I was a kid, I was like, my mom thought I was like a little Steve Garvey, she used to call me, because he was a baseball player who also oh, okay. had obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh. And he would clean his pants off if he slid and all those things. Uh, so yeah. she used to call me little Steve Garvey. And I was like, but Steve, Steve Garvey's Garvey torture. is the cutest name I've ever heard. Like, well, I don't know if he was Steve a cute Garvey. person in real life. Oh, look at Steve Garvey. Uh, he also had, I think, a bunch of uh, affairs. Uh, but... But obsessively. Obsessively. Yeah. Just fucking everywhere. He had to have one for, for every, <laughs> every year that his wife was Every alive. time he got his pants dirty, he had a new kid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that like that I got out of and then thoughts just stuck. Yeah. But now running, man, it's it's the best. It's I'm, great. It's the worst thing to say because no one believes you. 
Well, I don't think it's the worst thing to say. I, I, I think, I mean, always, always something as simple as taking a walk. Yes. Makes you feel better. I agree. The thing is, like, we don't talk enough about how we need to take care of our minds. Not in comedy. No. no. Well, yeah, well, yeah. And like the whole, the whole garbage. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're getting past this as a community. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> but like the, the, the whole, the whole garbage idea that, um, comedians need to be upset or tortured to, yeah get through things like that's, that's i'm seeing way less stupid. of sad twitter <laughs> sad twitter yeah. is slowly going away yeah i'm very happy about yeah. that. yeah it's also like suffering is relative yes and uh we can all if you're any anyone with a brain can can imagine what something felt like or feels like or maybe empathy maybe people should just practice more empathy and they yes. can think about people going through a lot of pain and i then, agree that would be fantastic yeah because it keeps people sick Yes. It keeps you We are on the same page. Not that I'm talking here. about anyone specifically. No, we are on the same page here. Good. Yeah. Finally. Yes. What is it like having a book? And, and is it, do, yeah, is it just like having an extra swing? Well, I, dick I really on your like somebody. Or? I really like somebody. That's good. Um, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it just be like when you're. When well, you, I was going to say. Yeah. Because like, yeah. like I, I do like somebody um, that's sort of like being defined, I guess, but, but um, having her like the book. Mm-hmm. was like a big thing. And did you, how did you give her the book? What was that conversation? Uh, Were you like, oh, by the way, I just had a No, I think it was like a, no, it was like a thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'd like for you to read it. Oh, that's and nice. And I was like, oh, okay. And then yeah. she read it. And so like, it, I, I mean, I doubt they would ever be like, I hate it. But, but of course, like that would be <laughs> why weird. Why would that even be on the table? Well, no, because I'm trying to figure out why I like the response. Oh, so I was okay. going to say I liked it because she liked it, but that's not a thing. She's not going to well, say Well, because she hates it's it. so personal, because it's you. Like but, you but, shared But also your... what they say about it, right? Right. Because like there could be people who could be like, it was so funny, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, that's cool. But then there could be people that connect with it. And that's mm-hmm. probably your love language again, which is like mm-hmm. to connect with it on a certain level and understand right. it for you yeah. and understand what it means for you and, and what you've been through and then, right. and then become um, uh, sensitive towards it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's. What I like, I, I like people that, that hear <laughs> yeah. experiences and then, um, uh, like use those to understand how you're made up, mm-hmm. right? And so, like that was a big step for me with dating, um, and sort of seeing a reaction to it. So I guess that's the only thing about. I mean, it's not like it doesn't like change my life that much. Um, no, of course not. I, I was just thinking about. I mean, like it's it's a unique experience re-entering dating while you have a book coming out that yeah. is so integral to who you are. Yeah, it's, you learn a lot by yeah. just reading it. I guess you don't really have to learn that much from me direct. You could just read the book because it is a <laughs> lot of my of my upbringing and you learn about my mom and my dad. You learn all that stuff just through the book. Sure. Um, yeah. But like, but while hearing someone's reaction and, and like connecting with them is like a real uh, sort of like a real easy way to my heart, I guess. Because it's, yeah. it's like, you know, if you understand what my mother means to me by that book and what these certain things are, um, then yeah, I mean, your face gets much cuter. <laughs> like could easily fall in love uh, with someone who fully gets it and and yeah, understands yeah. that stuff, and and that's an easy thing. You know, the book helps that. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that you don't have to. Like there, there's 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 so much stress over how quickly to explain who you are to someone new. Yeah. And like, <laughs> but I, even if I don't, not give even them the like book, in a hidden. Yeah. No, they're well, gonna read it. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. So yeah. it's it's nice that you're like, yeah, read it. Because if that was me and you hadn't said that, I would absolutely read the yeah, book. And to. then I would be like, I read the book. Yeah. And I, I would feel. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I went out with somebody a few years ago who I, I really liked his podcast mm-hmm. and I listened to all the episodes of his podcast Yeah, and we were on a date and... Is Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was taking me through the Disney animation studios. Yeah. He's like, um, listen. Did you see, speaking of Gilbert Gottfried, he was on uh, Wife Swap. Yes, I mean I saw clips. That was like, insane. I didn't watch the whole thing. Ugh, that's an upset. It was a whole. His wife's more attractive than she should be, right? Well, of course. Well, I mean, I come I, on. I get of it, course I get she it. is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. He's like doesn't touch the baby. Do you know that story? No. He said on Howard Stern, he's like he like gets grossed out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the details, <laughs> but I remember him being like a real weird father. I just thought it was such a weird. I mean, speaking of reality television, it was such a weird show because clearly a lot of it was written, but the whole bit was that he was really cheap. Yeah, he and is, that he didn't yeah. actually love his wife. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Kind of the bit dark, yeah, dark. But like you could tell, a lot of it was was real, and it was odd. Um, yeah, but I, I, oh yeah. So I, I listened to this guy's podcast, and yeah. it was a big reason why I liked him. Sure, and we were hanging why out. Why wouldn't you though? That's good. I know. Yeah, well, it was like yeah. I know I like you, and like we were, we were riding bikes through Santa Monica on like the most romantic comedy date I've ever been yeah, on. I was gonna say, and he said. He said something and I, and I just, I just said, uh, oh yeah, I remember you talking about that on the podcast. Yeah. And he said, oh God, can you imagine if you listen to every one of my podcasts? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, yeah. He was like, oh, wouldn't that be so weird if you listen to every single one of my podcasts? And it was just like silent for the rest of it. I mean, that was our last yeah. date. Um, yeah. He didn't like me very much. I don't well, I mean, if someone, I, I, I think. But like, that's fucked yeah, up. Yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's to punish someone weird. Yeah. I don't think that would be a fair, a fair thing. Yeah. Because I, like I said, like I, I like the, I'm so attracted to the, this person I like. I like, I'm so attracted to them because they got it. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like a, like it, it, that's such a cool thing to of like course, try to yeah. put, to like, it's like a message in a bottle in a weird way, you yeah. know? Um, and for someone to sort of get it, it's, it's, uh, like a huge deal. Yeah. I think it's a really big, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is it's the best thing in the world is when someone likes you or understands you the same way that you like or understand yourself. Yeah. And we do for better. I'm not going to say for better or for worse, but it is changing where like before people had, people got to know each other in a much different way than we know each other now. Now there's so much more information Yeah, and we may as well, embrace that so it's a really beautiful thing if like you read someone's book and then understand them and then are like there is a dark side to that too yeah this is a this is not a good example of it because this book is so autobiographical and is super honest and is in your voice but uh i think yeah the dark side is if if it was uh yeah like permanent midnight if you were reading like jerry stall's <laughs> book I highly yes doubt. no oh that's a total an additional dark side i was just yeah. thinking about like falling in love with someone's work oh right versus them especially oh, I hear what you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying yeah yeah like when you yeah i guess there's very little larry david's like if you fall in love with larry david <laughs> on the show you're clearly gonna like larry david in real life right right but i guess there are situations where the people are nothing like their persona yeah and then that causes more of a problem totally but i have like a lot of love to give and i think that like <laughs> and that's like one of my problems which is that i just i i like i i, I want it i want to give it to someone who yeah. deserves it and i think and that sounds weird but like someone who like someone who wants it i guess is even a better way to say it than deserves yeah. it and like the book and is, i don't it's not even about like the 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 quality or value of different people no it's not their fault at all they're not garbage people no you need to find the right person it's it's like a wavelength right and like and like frequency it's like a frequency thing so like Mm -hmm. the book is is a nice way to learn who i am i think in that way yeah and so i i don't get weirded out by it i think especially with how much therapy i've been through i 
I'm like, that's really a lot of me. Like, it's like, <laughs> I feel good with that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So listeners, <laughs> write a book. Yeah, just write a book <laughs> and you'll find love and then everyone will be excited and then you could tweet something and then your ex-girlfriend could subtweet yeah. it back or whatever. I mean, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll it is on a, on a much lesser scale, like in the, because this is all on your voice. It's so, it's so freeing when what you're presenting to the world is really what you again, like the most about yourself as opposed to what you think people want to hear from you. Yeah. I don't know what I, that's the thing about the book is like, there's so many awkward moments and there's like a lot of things that I'm not like, there aren't like high five moments. They're like dark stuff. And, and, and also like, uh, things like a lot of, a lot of reviews on Amazon are like, I cringed at certain points for him or whatever. And I was like, I don't even know what part they're talking about. Like it could be, it could be anything. Um, I love, I love the story. Uh, is it Riza or RZA? Riza, yeah, Riza. Riza okay, yeah. I knew. Okay, I should just. I just. just no, you were confident. good. You were good. You were good. <sighs> I didn't want to say Riza and then be like, did I just think that it was no, that from like, it's okay. Riza Rector? It's like the right. Resurrector. So Riza, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. so he was a producer hero of yours. Oh, the biggest, yeah. And because you're such a of all time. huge fan of the Wu Tang Clan, yeah. And I love that, like you, you guys had this conversation um, back when maybe he was going to work on your record. Yeah, he didn't. Right. Yeah. And then, and then he, he brought up, he referenced happy days one time, he, a top, a top yeah. and then he just continued to reference it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, said he was he like, Oh, there's this white dude rapper. You're like Fonzie. And I said, well, actually I'm, I'm not Fonzie at all. And he says, Oh, so you're like Richie Cunningham. And I said, well, I'm not as nerdy as Richie Cunningham. Yeah. He said, well, then you're a you're Potsy. A Potsy and I said, right. Where are we? Where, what are we doing? <laughs> like, do we have any other points of reference? But obviously like every syllable of that conversation is burned in your brain. Yeah. But you during that conversation were um, like, quote unquote, cool enough to not tell him how much you loved his work and then, how much he meant to you. Right? I ruined it later. So then cut to later. Yeah, I then saw him later yeah. in, my, in my 20s and yeah. did the exact opposite. You're at a him. party and you and you tell and you I, I related to this story so much because I feel like I've done this mm-hmm. a million times. So many times. What, and, and why is it never, it never works out. It's never, never works. Go, it never works. No. And why? So <laughs> what I'm no. alluding to is that then Jensen, what go, you go up to drunk. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cause it be, and now you have like the courage to talk to this guy. Also, there's nothing to lose. Like I don't have a deal possibly with yeah. him. So I just was like, Oh, yeah. fuck it. And I, yeah. I saw him from afar. I'd never seen him in a social atmosphere. <laughs> and I went up to him and was like, I'm basically a huge fan. And he's like, Oh, thanks. The normal thing that sure. should happen. And then I tried to remind him of our phone conversation, <laughs> which did not go well. Cause that is not a memorable thing for and him. And you said in the book, you say that you told him like, oh, you were a big happy days fan. And he was like, no, and he like <laughs> he didn't like, go with it. A, a what? And okay. I was like, well, we talked about happy days a lot. And he looked at me like I was like a crazy person. Uh, and he was like, some guys talk to me about happy days. And I was like, but it's you, you're the, and I wanted to freak out on him. Yeah. Uh, but no, he did not remember our happy days conversation. And then he told me that he was not a fan of happy days. So I reminded him that I was a potsy and he did not hear that. Uh, but he uh, he did not connect with me on happy days. Well, and I wonder what was going on. I mean, you, you probably know, but I mean, like, I wonder what was going on in his life, which is like the this this book. Like, I I've been thinking so much about Los Angeles because I because I'm deciding to like not live here yeah. full time. You're definitely going back. Yeah, I'm okay. going. Uh, I'm going on tour on Saturday around yep. the U.S. and then I'm going to Scotland for a month and then I go back to Ireland. Great. And that could change. Who knows. Who knows? It's a, it's all okay. It's yeah. fine. But Los Angeles is such a such a strange town where we, I mean, we all worship this idea of uh, approval from mass strangers. Yes. But if you are not happy with where you're at personally, and then strangers are like, 
hey, I love the, I love it this won't matter how many. No, it doesn't matter how, no. how many. And then they may even resent you for it. Yeah. Like I know I've, I've had that experience so many times where I've seen, especially like when I was married to Dan, like going to all these things and I would see people from my childhood, from now, from like these people that I admired. And then I would, I would try to be cool. But then I would say something gushy about them. And it it's almost like it hurt their feelings yeah. because they were like, I don't like where I'm at right now. Yeah. And like, how dare you? And they, or they was, thought yeah. lesser. of yeah, me. That's where I was. And I don't know about Riza, but where I was, it, I, I could never have heard that. And yeah. now it's like, it, you just have to redefine it. It's like, you just yeah. have to say to yourself, like, here's who I am. This is what I've been through. And it, I guess that's really hard. I mean, there's only so many weird owls, man, who like, seems like the happiest <laughs> man in the world. Like just the nicest, kindest human. Yeah. He's that way too. Uh, but like, you know, those people are one to a million, man, finding that sort of creative outlet where you're stoked. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're in, you know, in a relationship that you're thrilled about, which it seems like my, my dealings with Al is that way. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's just like, though, it's just like, there's, that's very rare. And that's what I kind of like career wise look up to is someone who not only, you know, has done what they've wanted to do for decades, but also seem really happy. Totally. Yeah. Well, do you, how connected to happiness do you think success in this town is? I don't, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't connected think it's that at all. connected, which is <laughs> like, a bummer, but I think it's, connected. but I don't, but it's, a, it's a bummer, but it's also like, it's not a, it's such a great discovery yeah. as well. Which I think it's is, just, I think they're just on different layer. I think they're just on different sort of paths. Like mm-hmm. I, I know what a path I want. Mm-hmm. I know that I do not want to be the bummed out writer, like taking the jobs that mm-hmm. I don't want. Like I just was in a room with one of them and I just was not, it was just to be with someone who clearly doesn't like themselves or want to be around their yeah. wife or like, we're trying to go home and he's keeping us till 11 or midnight. I'm like, he just doesn't want to go home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just couldn't do that. And, and that's, he was a big part of my growth too. It's just that I didn't, I don't want to be that. I want yeah. I want to fucking be stoked. I want to, like, I want to have a kid. <laughs> I want to have a child. Like, yeah. those kind of things are, are, are... I love the sentence, I want to have a child. Instead of what? I want to have a kid? <laughs> no, but I really love, because it, it sounds like such a special, it holy is. thing. It is. Yeah, it's a big yeah. deal for My therapist me. told me that my higher power was my unborn children. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. And I think yeah. that's like, you know, those are all things that I've... I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not evolved enough to, to explain it perfectly, but it, it's... It's the same way that like I, I wanted to write a book and I sat and wrote it and like yeah. it was a very hard process and I think like it's the same thing for my own happiness and I have decided not to become that jaded comedy version of myself which I have been before and people have heard me on the podcast be that person, um, but I'm just not willing to sort of like continue that pattern for myself. What do you in your in your creative path and in your career what what do you what you what do you struggle with like what what's it, like what are your enemies? Um, well, I mean, depression is always going to be, mm. is always going to be, uh, uh, it's in my family. So I think that'll always be something that I struggle with. Um, you know, I'm just sort of getting over recently that I don't deserve to be in this room. That's a new, that's like a new thing that I was able to get rid of. What? It, oh, Which right. Is like, yeah. You don't, you yeah. know, the, everyone has that feeling where you just yeah, don't feel, imposter you know, syndrome. Yeah. You're like mm-hmm. in with Jack Burdett who wrote like, you know, Kimmy Schmidt and 30 right, Rock. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? How do I even know him? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that kind of self-doubt um i probably have gotten a lot better with in the last year um but yeah i think i think you know uh the next idea might not come you know Mm -hmm. oh i'm doing these rap battles on james corden it's like on the late late show we have james corden battle a celebrity we've done we've done three of them we did um, i didn't know you're doing that yeah it's me and eliza skinner the great eliza skinner Mm -hmm. and so the first one we did was um uh anne hathaway and then we did David Schwimmer and then we did Kevin Hart and it's been really fun. That's and, great. But like my fear is like, 
what if I don't have a rat? Like, what if I don't have the battle stuff? Mm. And I've taught myself sort of just, just write it, just write, just get down and don't think about that shit. Do you ever feel self-conscious? Like my problem is always like, Oh, like I don't want this to be bad. I don't know. Like I don't want it to be bad. Yeah. I don't want it to be well, bad. That's why I don't do stand up. What? I do that for stand up. So like, that's okay. why I don't do it. Like I did it for a long time. And I felt that way about every time I went up, mm. which was, I just didn't, even if I killed, I'd be like, well, next time it's going to suck. And, yeah. that, and I was like, oh, this is unhealthy for me. And I, I yeah. immediately saw it. And I, and also like, I respect my friends who are good at stand up too much to just yeah, keep yeah. doing it if you don't feel it. So, um, that's why I didn't do it long. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the, the situations that I'm in, um, I feel like I pick things that maybe allow me to not feel that. How do you deal with criticism? Or well, do you because get of Hawk Carl. No, because of Hawk Carl really well. Because when you're a rapper... That's great. That's yeah. a, I wish I... I if like you were a white rapper better. in 1999... If uh, well, yes, obviously yeah, I do. If you were a white rapper in 1999, insults would hurt a lot less. I also battled for most of my life. Right. So I'm used to being told I'm terrible or, you know, and that's part of the sport. Interesting. And so, like... And then, so, so then how do you... Well, you're about to say this, but, like, how does that... What's the process of that? Like, if if you were a factory, if you're an ins- if you're a factory that processed insults, insults. or I mean, did I, it, I guess like, I, do they bounce off to, off of you, or do you like like what is nowadays? It's just well, it's a lot like not looking at your ex's social media. Right. It's like I can look at it, but then I'll go. Oh, I don't need to look at that anymore. What's your attitude towards it? Like if, like I, if other... I read a shitty one, no, uh, sure, but or like also, what is your philosophy behind it? Like, do you? Well, I have a tattoo of. Um, I have a tattoo of Waldorf and Sadler on my arm. Great. And the reason I have that, is, <laughs> I didn't, re- I didn't realize that that was what that was. Yeah. I see. Oh yeah. And so, uh, the reason I have that is because I really am under the impression that everyone is a critic. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. So yeah. like everyone has an opinion. Yeah. I don't like everything. Right. Um, I'm not a weirdo who goes online to tell you they're not good. Uh, yeah. That's not who I am. But yeah. I accept that there, there are those people. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they're just sort of part of the process. They're not yeah. like, there's never going to be a 100% you know, uh, reviewed thing. Right. Like, I hate Hamilton. So there's your one. <laughs> uh, and so like that, you know, there's never going to be someone that's liked across the board. So I think the way I've looked at it is that that's just part of what happens when you release something. Right. And not to take any, I mean, uh, there in life, one guy got to me, uh, a gallery hater had brought up my dad's de- or then later said it wasn't my dad's death, but what a I thought. Gallery, so, so you have a gallery called 1988, yes. which is really cool and does these really interesting Thanks. events. Yeah. You had a critic of your gallery? We used to have a lot. Yeah. We used to <laughs> get like, there was, that's insane. well, there's these message boards that are like very critical towards artists and then they get critical towards us or whatever. I mean, whatever. Oh it's, it's, it's sad people. But what uh, I'm saying is, I know it's a bummer. <laughs> it's them talking shit to a building. Uh, but, but I guess that one time a guy brought up, I, I don't know what he meant, but he, he referenced that I was, Something about having sadness in my life. I, I think later he tried to backtrack and said it wasn't about my dad. But I assumed because my dad had just died that he was mm-hmm. talking about that. So I was like, oh, listen, here's the thing. I'm going to be here. Come here. I'm going to kick your ass in front of everyone. Like, I like, <laughs> I like broke, like I broke right. wall. Like I was just like, nope, you're I, like, yeah. And so that's the only time I've ever reacted. Yeah. But even now on the podcast, when my dead dad, like sometimes people get weird and bring like their jokes are like a little over the line. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that. Right. And that's mostly just because at 36, like, you can't really beat that he died. <laughs> like you bringing him up can't hurt me more than his actual death. Yeah. So like, I don't feel that. So yeah. I guess the Waldorf and Sattler tattoo is really in, in tying of just saying like, those are things you cannot avoid. Right. They exist. The critics exist. They'll always be there with the tomatoes and they'll always be there with yeah. sort of their quips and just know that if you weren't releasing something. What about like positive feedback? My problem is that I get in these like loops of checking feedback. Right. And then well, my when therapist put me on four months. No, oh. no ad replies. 
That's good. I'm off it now. I'm fine. But it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know if anything's funny or you don't know what any response is. Oh. And so for four months, I would uh, only see, forget what we did. We did something where I would only see certain things or I'd only mm-hmm. get to see it a certain time. And it was great. It yeah. fucking totally was great. And now, but then, but I'm in such a better place now that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even need to do a process. Right. Yeah. I don't care. I thank people who write positive things about the book because I really feel that way. I feel mm-hmm. thankful. Um, and then people, I don't really get a lot of negatives about the book, but when there have been a couple, I'll sort of just write a small thing. Like someone wrote like that my career, rap career sucked. And I was like, that's what the book's about. <laughs> I was like, literally, that's what the book's about. Um, I was yeah, like, yeah. Someone... That's the plot of the book. <laughs> yeah, I, have a, I have a, had a negative review on iTunes that was some, something like, oh, like she just talks about her feel. <laughs> like it's so autobiographical. It's I was like, oh yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, if you if you don't want that, that's don't exactly the show. what it is. Uh, and yeah, like someone, we did. I did get a one-star review on the book and the guy was, it's about, he was like, he blocked me on Twitter once. Hmm. It's it's still up there, but the weirdest <laughs> part is like I, that normally would probably eat away at me. Like, why is yeah. there a one star? But I don't. I kind of just keep moving. That's great. Yeah, it's but that's like it's really great accepting it as just like an element in everything. Because it's also hard when you're when you're creating things for an audience. The relationship with the audience is such a difficult thing because they don't actually want you to listen to everything that they're saying no. and telling you to do. But and do you think but do you think there's ever going to be a situation where anyone doesn't have that as an, as a possible thing to read? Oh, like w- will we live in a world where no, there won't I'm be feedback? It, will there ever be a world where we don't get negative feedback? Mm. In my mind, I, I can't imagine ever creating anything that doesn't get something under my skin a little. Oh, sure, yeah. So that's why I've sort of said to myself, "Oh, that's just that's just going to happen every time." Yeah, no, that, that's that's nice, and yeah. that feels good. I feel I feel I feel mostly I feel mostly fine with that. Well, the thing that I have the most problem with is like I was I w- was on something where I wasn't really myself. Ecstasy. Uh, you were on like a show (laughs) no i was on a podcast well i I don't know why i'm being like weird about it when i was doing dance podcasts i was not really myself during that and was definitely playing this role of like like lucy ricardo like i want to be on the show because i felt insecure about being on my boyfriend then husband's show sure and i felt like everybody was like well why is she on the show because that that's lame. And so I just leaned into that and then like really did not like the character that I created for myself. Everything. And, and I talk about this to everyone. Isn't everything creatively about finding your voice? I mean, everything. Yeah. Because you could be a good writer. I was a good writer. I was a good joke writer, Mm -hmm. but like, as far as like really working, I like, you know, that, that is like a good, because you're always That's good at podcasts. A- you're a good personality. Like you, you, you oh, easily could have. Oh, thank you. You <laughs> easily could have kept doing that over and over again. But mm. you yourself will feel more fulfilled in your actual voice, which is what right. you're sort of leaning into now. Yeah. And that's well, and when people art. criticize me, like for when I've done something where I'm like, well, that was, that was very authentic me. So they just don't like me. And that doesn't bother me, which I'm surprised by. I would no, think it would be the sense. other way around. No, because you, you get to get your, you get to get your criticism from a real place. You yeah. Get to, you get to go, oh, well that you didn't like that. Yeah. And, and I if, totally accept it because it, it negative, doesn't maybe, matter. Yeah. If it was all negative, then maybe you'd be like, well, if I want people to like this show, maybe exactly. I should listen to them a little. Yeah. But, but I don't think that that's, I, I think like part of the process is just, you know, uh, like Hot Carl for me would have been a lot nicer had it sounded a lot more like me. I, I can mm-hmm. hear myself chasing hits in a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And that hurts because I'm like, man, if I was going to fail, I wish I failed more on my own terms. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what I'm at now, which is like, uh, being, being confident enough in your work and saying, well, then well, you don't like it. All right. I don't, 
What do I tell you? I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, go listen to someone else. They like, you know, you'll like that show. Or even giving yeah. them a suggestion. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and so that feels better mm-hmm. to me. So I think, I guess the answer to what you're saying is, is that I, I feel it. I compute it, but it's, it's just, it's, I know I'm going to get some of them. That's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way the chord and stuff's been really crazy. The rap battles. I yeah. really braced myself for what I thought was going to be a real 50, 50 response. Um, mm. cause I was like, you know, rapping is not easy. Battling is not easy. Yeah. And then when I saw James and Anne the first time, I was like, Oh, maybe this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and they've done such a good job that the criticism is minimal. It's like very, it's the, it's the most well, well received thing I've ever done. And having yeah. Eliza has been helpful cause she's so talented and, and super joyful. Yeah. It's and great. you get to like do you get to be like a new version of this, yeah. Self, yeah. Well, James that, is mostly doing hot car lines, which is super weird. That's so cool. Yeah, it's super, and even sometimes because he sees me do the practicing, and he sometimes will do my hand stuff. I'm like, man, that is so weird to see him, yeah, doing that. Do you think like if you would have found great success as Hot Carl, do you think like you you wouldn't have developed as much Zero. as yeah? No, I would have been a monster. Yeah. That's why I watch Eminem, who I knew coming up, and like watching how weird he's become. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I would have been in the same pattern. Well, it's really hard, especially when you're young. And I'm not speaking from experience, but just from like anecdotal yeah. people being around me. People who had so much success when they're super young. It's so hard to grow past that because like everybody's telling you this is the best you. Yeah. And then they get frustrated when you grow but then you're just stuck there and stuck yeah. there and if you're in a car crash like if you if, if you're if that child thing doesn't work like mm-hmm. mine didn't or like a lot of celebrities don't it defines them yeah right so that becomes their definition of who they are they bring up hollywood you know screwed them or nepotism or but you know mm-hmm. they have these excuses as to why it didn't happen what when, do you think is the difference with you um a therapy yeah running uh yeah therapy cool got me running so therapy first yeah therapy it ha- was um yeah. The first time I ever went to this therapist 15 years ago, she said, I haven't went to her in a year. Uh, I've been doing sort of my own process, which has worked really well. But she said, "You're." E- <laughs> I remember it vividly. <laughs> she goes, you're either going to be the grumpiest, meanest old man, or you're going to find what you need to let go before then, and mm-hmm. you'll be an incredible husband and father. And this is the first time I met her. This is literally the first <laughs> time I met her. She said that. It was in 20 minutes of her just asking about me. Uh, and, and then she goes, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be one of these two things. And I think that learning and going every week and, and, and not like just aimlessly taking pills or aimlessly mm-hmm. just really going through the process and, and attending meetings that I'm suggested to go to or whatever yeah. it is and doing those things, I think is what, is what saved me from being like, Ha Carl, blah, blah, blah. They, they, uh, interscope shut me down and, yeah. uh, I would have been bigger than M and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I see it from, from all the perspectives and like uh, a protagonist in the book is this guy, DJ, who signed me, um, at Interscope and sort of abandoned me when, uh, when the project was put on hold and never really had a conversation with me about mm-hmm. it or just sort of went away. And he's one of my best friends. Uh, and he came to the books, the release. I invited him to the release and I was like, it would mean a lot if you came. And yeah. I, I acknowledged he was there and I thanked him for coming. And it's like all that shit, man. It's because of their. It's because yeah. like any other case, I would have just been like, I hate him and I, I, I want him here. And I like, but it's the exact opposite. It's an experience we all went to together. And isn't it yeah. amazing that we both made it out and that we're both doing our thing? And like, those things feel really good to me. Totally. Oh, yeah. I'm so, I'm so afraid of failure, which and will. And I think a lot of people are afraid of failure or whatever, yeah. just like, and, and you were, you, like, the way, the, 
I can't imagine what it was like to have so many people at such a young age, just like you've done, you're amazing. You've done it. Like it's, this is the, well, the here all these a lot of criticism that I get is like, but you did succeed cause you made all this money. And like my no, point well, is, which is, like, is gar- <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say because that doesn't mean anything. Like I, I, I no. am very appreciative for my 19 to 26 where I didn't have to think about money that much. That's a very nice feeling. Totally. 25, whatever. I appreciate it. I'm so stoked. I was not raised with money. My father was a car salesman. I was thrilled yeah. to, to have that money. But that's not going to save your soul. You know what I mean? Like no. you can have a crushed soul because you imagined your art being heard and you imagined this whole thing and you were kind of sold on this deal. Yeah. Um, and so my whole goal with therapy and also just like my own process was just getting to a healthy point where that's not a failed rap career is not defined me. Yeah. Like the book t- tells that story and that's a new definition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but never excuses, never blaming, never. I'm just trying to be as, uh, wipe, you know, like Paul Shear says in his blurb for my book, it's like dust, dust off my cross colors and keep moving. Like just keep focused and, 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 and yeah. not, not let that bring me down. Yeah. And you have so many, so many different talents and so many different things. Thank and you. just the, it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's wonderful. It's very sweet of you. And I love the, the, um, uh, the, the, the chapter about Kanye is, really inspirational in a, in, in a different way, which is where you describe being friends with Kanye West and him being this, this like, like hyperactive, like talks too much nerd. Yeah. He's a dork. Yeah. And, uh, and him playing, him playing Jesus walks, a song that you would later win the Grammy for, right. To a room of, of people that way ahead of him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People who were producers and rappers that were more successful than him. No one even really knew he was a rapper. Yeah. Everybody wanted him to be a, Producer, producer saw him really as a talented. producer. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. And the, and and you say in the book that his manager didn't even want him to say that no. he was a rapper. There's a secret. Yeah. yeah, and he got no. It seems like he got no positive reinforcement for, no. <laughs> for being a rapper. Zero. Uh, is, my manager at the time was one of the only people to be like, maybe he could do it. And I was like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> like everyone <laughs> to was the like, extent that you didn't have him on a yeah, track to do a song. And I said, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, he, well, uh, in my defense, he got better, but I no, still totally, should have done it. I still, still should have done it. Like even if like the like wh- how 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 good or how talented he is 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 like is moot really yeah. because like what really matters is that he like he found his he audience. never gave up he never and gave he, up and he was really like you know what i believe that i'm this thing and so yeah. i'm going to fucking going. do it and i never i never would have been that person and yeah. people ask me like why did kanye cuz will i am i talk about a lot in the book too two guys i worked with a lot and like both of them had major adversity to face i'm not a big will fan but mm. I can't deny that he was at the bottom of his career and then decided to bring Fergie in and did all these things to make this sort of mega stardom thing. Yeah. And like those guys hit dead ends and just, they were not going to hear no. Yeah. I heard no and was like, all right, I'll see you later. Uh, and just like took yeah, off. Yeah. They, well, yeah. They were not that way. Yeah. And Kanye is a great example of someone who was laughed at and, and mocked and, and was like, no, I'm the, I'm the best rapper alive. Yeah. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> and he would rap at waitresses and he, he was just a weird guy and, and, yeah. and uh, but endearing. And then, you know, having no men. And he loved him, master and commander. He did love the Russell Crowe. But fun detail. Yeah. Very strong. Uh, you know, he, I, I think, Without the no men, like without hearing no over and over, I don't know if mm-hmm. he'd be who we know now. Yeah. So it's maybe like a chicken or the egg. I, I know that he's seeing him with all these yes men is a disturbing 
scene. Sure, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of seeing him rant and rave like he's doing, but totally. And like, yeah, I mean, there's he's, a, he's a very, yeah. <laughs> yes, and and a, a complicated person, but like him. Just thinking about like j- just 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 him imagining that song and him mouthing along to his own lyrics and it not even being that good yet, no. but him being like, no, I'm gonna get there. Even like the adversity being, as you describe in the book, he wasn't even good enough yet. No, he was just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. And just yeah. like how like ob- obsessed and yeah. uh, like that's that's really. That's really cool. And that should be the way that we approach things. Absolutely. I remember one time he called me and he was like, I have this song I want to read you. And I was like, okay. And then he read me it. And I think someone recently sent me it. So he did record it. But it was a thing he did where he was like, I'm a master and commander in this big ass. He's like in this <laughs> oh Toy God. Story. It was like all movie. Oh yeah, you said that. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, all movie yeah. titles. Yeah, you didn't t- sh- say what it was. Yeah, though. it was like That's all. Really it was like, and it was like I remember Toy Story. I remember he's like, I'm just trying to, you know, like it was all I like dumb quotes. And so yeah. I remember when he was doing it, I was like, when is this going to end? But like <laughs> it was like I didn't understand everything because he was so breathy. I like didn't mm. get all the jokes, and mm-hmm. it was just like so dorky. And like that's what he came off as. And I think he was just like, nah, it's not. Like I'm gonna. I'm going to not be like, it's yeah. not who I am. And that kind of determination I did not have. Um, and it also makes him who he is, which is, you know, sort of this one of a kind artist that I don't really agree with all the time. I think it's very yeah. strange, but I can't deny but I, it. But that's a big quality of his is that he's okay with everybody not. But isn't that like, finding his voice? But isn't it yeah. finding his voice? Is that, yeah. what, is that what makes him different than rappers before? And maybe a ludicrous who's made, you know, tons of money and become a movie star. But like, no one sits there and talks about a ludicrous as a genius. Yeah. I don't know if ludicrous has a distinct signature voice. I think he was like a funny right, yeah. rapper. Yeah. But like, Kanye has this very artistic vision. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jay-Z has this very artistic vision. These guys have a different look on things and I, I didn't have it and, and I think most don't, but uh, why would I have had that voice at 19? That's, yeah. that's some freak shit to me. It's like, yeah. I, now I'm like, I know what I want my comedy to be. I know what I want this book to read like. I know, like, I know my voice. And I think that's yeah. what I was saying for you is like, that seems like such a big growth to say like, Oh, I listen back to these podcasts and I hear me doing a character Mm -hmm. and here's who I really want to be. That's sort of where I was with Carl with, with our Carl. Oh, it's really nice. That's the first time that I've looked at that as an, a like, no, that's, I could look at this in a negative way as me being inauthentic, or I can look at it as me like refining of learning, learning your comic voice. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for writing this book and sharing this with everyone. Thanks. I want to, um, I want to end with, so I'm doing this new thing. Okay. I have, this is a, uh, diary that was written by a 16 year old in 1920. Oh, wow. Uh, her name is Sanford Thomas. Oh, I thought you'd be like, her name is Anne Frank. <laughs> the Jew file I am. Yeah. <laughs> I end up, <laughs> oh, oh, I went to the Anne Frank house a couple of years ago and the people I was with. Small, were, right? He, it's small. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Well, he won't care. My ex-husband, like, like I really wanted to go. I was really excited, but he was so upset that like there was no furniture, and he was like, "Where was?" And I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> you what? just did a structure?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to always say because they released the Diary of Anne Frank in uh, Blu-ray in 1080, <laughs> and I was like, "It looks big." Yeah, like wait, wait, they're, 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 what? there was a movie, The Diary of Anne oh, Frank. I never, I didn't even uh, know they released a movie. it in Blu-ray, and I was like, "Looks bigger than my first apartment." Like now, <laughs> now that they've fixed the Blu-ray, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never been. Um, it's. Awesome. <laughs> can you say that? <laughs> no. I think you can say it. Yeah, it's, just, it's a historic. No, it's not. It's not. It's very. It's very sad, but it's very. It's great. The the best thing. The best thing about the Anne Frank house <laughs> <laughs> is when we played the Friends theme and we reenacted <laughs> scenes from the show. She had. I think the most impactful thing for me was that she, that she has their pictures like her like pinups. 
things that she cut out of magazines. Oh yeah, and you, it just really hits you. Like, that sure, she it's was a like, woman who was like, yeah, she's a normal she's a girl. girl. Yeah, she's a yeah small and she girl. had the this whole life, and you like really, really seeing it really is important. It's got to so, go to the Anne Frank. House. Yeah, we're sponsored by the Anne Frank House. <laughs> As you know, you can visit it at any time. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we just please that and casper.com uh, yeah. pick up a mattress and also just go to the diary and Frank, you know, go check out where Anne Frank lived. <laughs> uh, okay. So where did you get this? I bought it on eBay because hmm. I've been getting into antique diaries. Sure. Yeah. So this, and she lived in uh, North Carolina. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So this, so she's, so, so when we left, when we lost left, when we last left Sanford, she was talking about how she went to a dance and uh, how uh, Siskel is the best dancer. Gene Siskel? <laughs> Maybe. Though her friends, her friend, the characters that have been introduced so far are Dot, Ruthie, Bijou, Carl. Hey. Hey, with a K. All right. Carl Nicholas. And Carmex. 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 Like Carmex the company? Or Carrix? See, right. or Carico. This is a wide <laughs> spectrum, this friend. C-A-R-I-C-O. Carico. Carico. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, okay. And this is an exclamation of hers. Okay. Oh, honors. Marion, Marion rampled Jimmy Smith. Ramped? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Marion ramped Jimmy Smith. He asked, he asked her to go to the girl of the rainbow Wednesday night. And That's Girl the Rainbow right? is in quotes. Or I don't a club or a bar. I don't. Well, so she's so so. What it, what I know about her so far is that she's she's very social, and she has she has a lot of female friends. But like she is, she's like she has crushes, but she doesn't have a boyfriend. Right. And Girl the Rainbow is in quotes. So I'm assuming it's like a dance. Yeah. Also, she got a telegram. We're like everyone reason. met, by the way, in the twenty. Like that's everyone. You, you, you meet your husband Rainbows. at a dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he asked her to go to the girl of the rainbow Wednesday night. I don't care. She can have him. Hmm. He says, haven't saw anyway and haven't saw as in quotes. So maybe that was something you wouldn't, shouldn't say. Hmm. Herbert, Herbert Hodgkin was there and he was awfully nice to me for a while. He's good looking and attracted and not conceited, conceited, underlined yep. per usual for boys. Minton and Fetter, <laughs> his names, Minton and Fenner brought us home. I went to bed about one thirty. Oh yes, Ma Jones asked me to go to an oyster supper at nine at Dale at Dale Club Wednesday, and I of course accepted. Sleepy? Yes. Good night. Well, she clearly was raised with some money, <laughs> with, with the friends' names being all uh, Tenenbaum characters. <laughs> and the first name of her, the first word in her diary is Goody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you're just going to do small segments and learn more about her as time goes on. I think so. I realize this time this is my second time doing this. I realize this time it makes more sense to go day by day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's still yeah that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, so there you go, and we'll yeah. hear more about Sanford later. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Do you have thank any you. parting words of wisdom? No, I feel you know I, I I like like I said I've done a lot of podcasts but haven't really dug deep into the psyche of the book and I'm happy I'm happy to have done that and okay. I want people to read it. It's it's. And everyone it's, should. It's yeah. really, it's, it's, it's really great. And Thanks. there, there are a bunch of like fun things in it. And it's, it's worth the price just for the pictures. <laughs> yes. There are many pictures of me in cross colors at 12 and my mother yeah. dresses Nelly. Those things are all <laughs> things that are in the book. So it is excellent. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Yay. 
hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jensen Karp. Uh, please check out his book, Kanye West Owes Me $300. You can find it on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. It's great. Check it out. Um, also, listen to his podcast called Motherly Love, which is a podcast he does with his mom. And it's it's equal parts um, touching funny and weird. Him and his mom give out love advice. I recommend that. He also has a wrestling podcast and a ton of other projects. You can find all of his stuff at jensencarp.com. And um, moving on to some This Feels Terrible business. Coming up on February 14th is Valentine's Day. And, um, you know, I have a lot of different feelings about Valentine's Day. First of all, I think we all put a little too much pressure on ourselves. But if you are in the market for a, a unique Valentine's gift for um, yourself or for somebody else, I am um, putting some paintings up in my Etsy shop and they'll, they're affordable and, um, you know, unique, etc. I did some, I did some gifts on the sly, some paintings on the sly for Christmas, and it was really fun. I'm going to be putting up um, different paintings and things throughout the month of January. And if you order by the 31st, I can get it to you in time for Valentine's Day. So um, keep a lookout for that. I'm going to be putting a lot more stuff up in um, in the coming weeks. So um, please look at that. And I also may be doing some commissions. So take a look at that. Um, I would love to send you something. Also, um, aren't I great at segues? Speaking of sending something, a lot of you have sent me some wonderful emails. How about that? Uh, you can email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. If I haven't responded to your email, I am getting to it. I promise. Uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to be quicker with responding to emails, even if I am putting them off because I want to write a really thoughtful response. I think I am not going to do that in the new year. Not that I'm not going to you know, write thoughtful responses, but I too often put an email off, especially through my This Feels Terrible account. Uh, because I want to leave a thoughtful response and then it just, it goes, goes too long. Um, so in the spirit of that, um, I'm going to do a, a, a terrible advice segment. Da, 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 da. All right. So this email is from uh, someone who would like to be called Louie. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read Louie's email. Background. I'm a 19-year-old kid from an exotic South American country, and I'm going to college in Wichita, Kansas. My dream has always been to pursue comedy or writing of any kind. I've always thought that as long as my job involves something creative, I'll be happy. My major is psychology, but I would never be a psychologist. The closest I'd ever get to working with my major is research or writing or anything related to it. I think that having a writing degree is too scary, and I often doubt my capabilities of succeeding in the entertainment world because of my inconsistent English. In parentheses, I speak great English, went to an American school, but it's never consistent in the sense that its own dialect, in its own dialect from coming from somewhere where no one else speaks English as a second to first language. Dating life. I've barely dated. I'm basically that kid everyone likes and everyone is friends with, but dating hasn't really been part of me, and I'm not scared 
And I'm not scared of talking to girls either. The thing is, I love myself, but I could never really, I could never see myself as a worthy boyfriend to anyone. I'm from a city where everyone knows everybody. So I'm always, I'm used to seeing, so I'm used to the mental excuse that I did not want drama in my life. Being a freshman in college has really opened my eyes, however. I met an ama- I met amazing, smart, creative girls here who I really like, but I never see myself taking the first step. Both girls I've dated in my life, in parentheses for about a month each, gave the first step. So I basically didn't give the first step ever yet. I've gotten lots of compliments in college from girls I'm friends with, which have really boosted my confidence. And my guy friends are going to help me always with problems. I have met amazing people. The thing is, I feel like I'm too much of a nice guy and I'm very sensible. And I could never date someone who I don't value and like as a person. This leads me to feeling like it's really important every time. I'm going to try to take the first step since basically not lots of girls pass through that filter of awesomeness. The main problem is since I'm from an exotic country that has no law, i.e. corruption, there's basically no there's basically no drinking age and I'm more experienced I'm more I'm a more experienced drinker than most of them. This makes them think that I'm also an experienced adult, not a virgin, etc. Kansas is a really manly state, meaning, meaning there is a lot of homophobia and men have to fit into this conservative way of thinking. At the same time, I think I'm bi, but I simply don't manifest this because of Kansas and because of not being able to get ladies. If I can't even get ladies, then why blow the cover up? I'm not a repressed homosexual either. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I've met this awesome girl who I really like. She has never been with a guy in any way and has rejected many fools over the years. She probably also thinks that I'm Mr. Know-it-all too, since that, that's what Americans think of foreign me. Truth is, I'm terrified to ask her out, maybe because of fear of rejection, but I feel like I wouldn't be so sad if she just wanted to be friends. We have a lot of things in common, and I think I've sensed some subtle hints that she might like me back. Anyways, uh, I love your work and your personality. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to ask this girl out when school starts back this semester. Wish me luck, Aaron. Uh, cool. Thank you, Lewis. Um, good luck. Thanks for this email. Uh, you sound like a really thoughtful person. Um, it sounds like you're, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you're asking this girl out. I think that's great. I think the bottom line is that you are in a different country, in a place where you probably won't stay for a long time in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that you probably, with your, with your hopes and dreams being what they are, you probably won't stay forever. So I would give you the same advice that I would give anyone that was taking a year abroad, which is, you know, part of the education of traveling abroad is experiencing things and taking risks. And um, you sound like a really thoughtful guy. And I think you should really... F- follow your gut when it comes to liking somebody and you, you don't have to think too hard about what the end of it's going to be, how it's going to play through, et cetera, et cetera. I would say that if you feel like she doesn't know, like she's a, she's making a, assumptions about how experienced you are or whatever. Um, I, I think that girls, men, boys, everyone, everyone appreciates honesty. And if you lead with honesty and say exactly that to her in at an appropriate time and just explain, hey, I'm from this country. I obviously like can hold my booze and I'm not um, I'm not I'm not 
you know, drinking schnapps. I, I, but that doesn't mean that I've, um, experienced in every area. I think that's fine. I also, you know, I'm, I've never lived in Wichita, but I've certainly been in some more conservative areas as, as someone who was a, a kid of a dad that was in the military. Like I, I definitely, I, I get that, um, that pressure to be a certain way. And I agree with you. I don't think it's a big deal at all that you're bisexual. And I think that you can, I, I think it's great for people to come out as bisexual. You don't have to, um, Wichita, uh, I would love to hear from someone in Wichita. Uh, maybe someone can write into the podcast and, and, um, and tell me some, some cool places to recommend to Lewis and in Wichita to, to hang out. But it sounds like you're doing the right thing. And I, you don't have to think too, too hard about how things are going to end. Just have fun. You're going to learn a lot of the stuff that you're worried about not knowing is stuff that you will learn through experience and learn through, um, trial and error. So, um, good luck to you. You sound awesome. Uh, if you would like some terrible advice, email this feels terrible at gmail.com. Also, um, if you haven't already, please review the podcast at iTunes. That would help out the show a whole lot. Um, yeah, just take a second, leave a review. I would love that. Um, love you guys. You're awesome. I hope you're having a, um, a great start to the new year and, um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Megath Attack. Feral Audio. We need small businesses, and right now, they need us. So Verizon is connecting big names in entertainment with small businesses around the country. Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Files Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Small businesses need us now more than ever.